Welcome to the Eddie Hyatt Podcast. I am your teacher and host, Eddie Hyatt, and I'm so glad you joined me again today as we're talking about, I don't know anything more important than we could be talking about than this topic that we are on, talking about who Jesus is. And we're talking about his deity. And uh, it's actually from chapter nine of my latest book, Discovering the Real Jesus. And the, the title of that chapter is, Did Jesus Claim to Be God? There are so many people, even who call themselves Christians, who do not believe that Jesus is fully God or that he claimed to be God, but it is so clear from the scripture. You know, people who make this claim, I can't believe that they've really read and studied the gospels and the words of Jesus himself because it is so clear that he claimed to be God. He identified himself with the God of the Old Testament. Now, yesterday, we talked about how he identified himself with the I am, with Yahweh, the the, the personal name God of the Old Testament, and uh, how the Jews attempted to stone him for blasphemy because they understood what he was saying. Well, that's not the only way and the only time where he identified himself with the God of the Old Testament. Uh, there's another one in John chapter 10, verse 30. And uh, John records Jesus saying, and again, uh, Jesus, as far as his human lineage, his humanity, he's Jewish. And so he's, he, he, he is ministering, he is reared, and he ministers in that first century Jewish milieu and context. And so he says to some Jews, I and my father are one. Now, again, it's interesting uh, for what it's worth. The word my is not in the Greek. He literally said, I and father are one. The very next verse says, then the Jews took up to stone him. Why? Because they understood that he was identifying himself with God by, by saying, my father and I, I and my father are one. Literally, I and father are one. Now, the late Greek scholar A.T. Robertson, let, let's unpack this Jesus' statement. He points out that the Greek word translated one in this passage is in H-E-N, this, this is the Hebrew, This, uh, no, I'm sorry, it's the Greek word. We're, we're looking at the New Testament, Old Testament, Hebrew, New Testament, Greek. And so the Greek word for one is H-E-N, which is neuter rather than H-E-I-S, heis, which is maculin. So this Greek scholar, A.T. Robertson, explained that this does not refer to one person, but instead it refers to one essence or nature. Correctly understood then, in this statement, Jesus is claiming to be one in essence and one in nature with God. Now, these words are also, I believe, an allusion Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 5, which is known as the Shema and is the basic confession of faith of Judaism. It emphasizes the oneness of God. Now, remember, Jesus said, I and Father are one. And this basic confession of faith of Judaism emphasizes the oneness of God. It reads, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, and in Hebrew, it's Yahweh, Yahweh our God. Yahweh is one. You shall love the Lord. You shall love Yahweh your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And so 
when Jesus said, I and Father are one, they clearly understood that he was claiming to be God, identifying himself with the God of the Old Testament. So no wonder they took up stones to stone him. And as they were picking up stones to stone him, Jesus asked them, many, he said, many good works I have shown you from my Father. For which of these works do you stone me? They replied, for a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. And because you, being a man, make yourself to be God. Wow. They, they got it. They clearly, it's amazing that people today don't. But the Jews who were there and knew their Old Testament scriptures, they clearly understood what Jesus was saying. Here's one more that I want to, I want to look at. And, and this is the one that caused, when Jesus was on trial, it caused the high priest to tear his garments, which is a sign of great distress, anger, and so on, and, and pronounce judgment on Jesus. And this is where Jesus identified himself with the Son of Man, mentioned in Daniel chapter 7, verses 9 through 14. And the Daniel, Daniel, he records an amazing vision in which he saw, and he calls him one like the Son of Man coming in the clouds of glory. Clouds of glory, it speaks of, of, of great majesty, great power and majesty. And he saw one, he says, like the Son of Man coming in the clouds of glory. Now, of course, this is a messianic vision. Uh, with a similar tone and theme as the Messianic prophecies also given uh, in the Old Testament, like from Nathan, Isaiah, Amos, Micah, and others. And Daniel goes on to say about this son of man, he says, Then to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. This, this is talking about the Lord whom we serve. This, this is the ultimate destiny of this world, of Jesus Christ, and of you and I who have, who have identified ourselves with him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should, should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall never pass away, and the kingdom the one which shall never be destroyed. Wow. Now, what is interesting is Daniel referred to this incredible individual coming with the clouds of glory as the son of man. It's in interesting that even in everyday common conversation recorded throughout the gospels, Jesus refers to him as the son of man. For example, in uh, Matthew eight twenty, he said, foxes have dens and birds have holes, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Another example occurs in Matthew 9 where he told a paralytic that his sins were forgiven. When some of the scribes who were present accused him of blasphemy, at this point Jesus referred to him as the Son of Man and demonstrated that he had power to forgive the man's sins by healing his paralyzed body. And here's, here's what Jesus said in response to them accusing him of blasphemy when he said, your sins are forgiven you. He said, for which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you or to say arise and walk? 
but that you may know that the Son of Man, here he calls himself the Son of Man, that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. There was the proof he had power to forgive sins because he also had power to to administer instantaneous, miraculous healing to this paralytic. Now, at his trial after his arrest in the Garden of Gethsemane, and at his trial before the Sanhedrin, the highest Jewish court of law, Jesus clearly identified himself with Daniel's vision of the Son of Man coming in the clouds of glory. Throughout the proceedings, Jesus kept silent. He never responded, never said anything until the, 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 the high priest asked. And I believe in one of the, the gospel, he says, I jure you. And that's a that's like putting putting him under oath. I jure you. Are you the Messiah? Are you the Christ? Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? And here's how Jesus replied. I am. You remember we talked about yesterday how Jesus identified himself with the I am that spoke to Moses out of the burning bush? And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. At this point, the high priest tore his outer garment, an expression of great anger and distress, and he exclaimed, What further need do we have of witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? And the writers, the gospel writer says, and they all condemned him to death. Yes, Jesus was not crucified for anything that he did. He was condemned and put to death for who he claimed to be. And when he arose from, from the dead three days later, those claims were validated. He is who he claimed. I'm going to close with a with a, a quote from uh, C.S. Lewis, who who the famous who well known he was a agnostic, Oxford uh, uh, professor who became a Christian and then a very powerful apologist for the Christian faith. And 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 in this quote, he's pointing out that Jesus said things that no normal human person would say. And, and, and he prevents the dilemma, or sometimes the, the trilemma, the dilemma, the trilemma of the fact Jesus is either, he's either the greatest deceiver who has deceived hundreds of millions of people, or he is a lunatic out of his mind because no sane person would say the kinds of things he said, or the third option is he really is who he claimed to be. So here, let me read with this powerful statement. C.S. Lewis says, I am here trying to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. 
It is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about him being a great moral human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. I want to pray that everyone who may ever listen to this podcast right now will fall on your knees and acknowledge, if you haven't already, and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, that he is God. He is who you claim to be. Lord, I thank you that you are who you claim to be. And because you have, have visited this planet, Almighty God, in the person of Jesus of Nazareth, and you've died on the cross, your death is efficacious for all who will come and put their faith in you. Forgiveness of sins available for all who will come and put their faith in you and what you have done. God, I pray for every person who hears this episode. They, from this day forth, they will never doubt that you are the living God. As Thomas said, when you revealed yourself to him in in awe, he said, my Lord, my God, thank you, Jesus, for who you are and what you have done for each one of us. I'm Eddie Hyde. This is the Eddie Hyde Podcast. Check out my website, eddiehyatt.com. Check out my latest book from which these episodes are being derived, Discovering the Real Jesus. Available from our website, eddiehyatt.com. Also from Amazon. I'll look forward to seeing you next time.